The Blood of Olympus, Chapter 1, Jason. Jason hated being old. His joints hurt, his legs shook. As he tried to climb the hill, Hi, I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood, the English class that you always wanted. Where we analyze the Percy Jackson and Heroes of Olympus books through a new theme every week. This is a little sniffly. Neve has a cold. I have a cold. <laughs> and Brayden likes to make fun of me. Um, so if I sound a little stuffed up in this episode, I'm very sorry. Uh, I... It's really like that's the only symptom I have, which is why I know that it's a cold because literally only stuffy nose. But oh my god, take an appreciation check right now that you can breathe out of your nose. You don't appreciate it enough, I promise. Before your next cold, just sit here and be like, wow, I'm so glad that I can breathe out of my nose. No, don't <laughs> worry. Can't. And it's so frustrating. <laughs> it affects no. your life in little ways. Like I can't, like, like while I was like brushing my teeth. You can't breathe. I know. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, I forgot. <laughs> There's only two two pathways for the air and I'm blocking one of them. It's so frustrating. But I'm I'm doing good. I've spent the past two days watching the house the vote for the speaker of the house a lot. Yeah. Um, because it is a reality television show in itself. Even uh, reality is and it's really happening right now <laughs> in our United States government. Um and it's very interesting. How are you, Eva? <laughs> I mean, I'm like getting this like flashback because that's how I was for like most of the December part of break, like absolutely taken out by a cold for like two weeks. Like, I don't know why it was so long. Um, so I, I very much understand. And I don't take this for granted um, because I just <laughs> got here. I just <laughs> got here. So I'm living. Um, I have been still plugging on on my um, Survivor train. Um, I've now watched eight seasons in the past two, two and a half months. So that's disturbing. Um, um, I have some chips and salsa. I am still mourning the fact that Cecily is um, leaving SNL slash left SNL. I don't want to talk about it for a while. Then. <laughs> yes, I have. I have been, and I will continue to, because I was watching her Janine Pirro um, weekend update sketch tonight. And I'm just so sad because she's, she's been my favorite since middle school and I've landed on new favorites. Um, my new favorites are Heidi and Mikey, but you know, there's only one Cecily strong and I'm still upset about it. Um, but overall, I'm chilling. I'm weirdly tired right now. And I got fine sleep last night, and it's only 11 p.m., so I shouldn't be that tired, but I am. But I'm chilling. How are you, Braden? I'm all right. Um, I'm encountering a, a little bit of a hurdle in life, as um, I have no hot water currently. Um, that's a thing. Um, and when I tell you the shower I took today could not have been more than 33 degrees, I am not even over, over exaggerating. It was like almost ice. Yeah. It was painful. Um, I have contacted the plumbers. Uh, they said, this is a big priority. We'll get this done, which did not mean today. (laughs) It's what I found out. 
Um, so I'm hoping because it's it's weird where it's like an emergency. It's not quite an emergency, but it is more important, like pretty important. So I'm hoping they don't wait till we're recording it on a Friday night. Uh, I'm hoping they don't wait till Monday um, because that'll be terrible. But okay. I would not put it past them. Yeah. Bro, call Campo at that point. Because Campo, RA advice. The Campo is the contact for emergency housekeeping. So if you just keep annoying them, they're going to have to send somebody out. Yeah, I call I called Plant Off. I like I submitted a, a work order and I called them and I was like, hey, and she was like, Yeah, we'll get on it. I'll submit a work order. And I was like, Great. Sorry, I, I already did that, but I'm coming back in two days and I swear to God, we've been having this problem at my house too. Like where our water heater just shuts off. And so I've also taken many a ice cold shower this break. And I was just really hoping that that would end when I went to school, <laughs> but it might not. <laughs> so gee whiz, you know, I guess they're trying to, um, you know, the universe and God are trying to accost the anemia out of me or whatever. Because I was like, there are like people take cold showers, but people aren't taking showers this cold. No. Is- I, you, they, you cannot possibly convince me anyone out there that you're taking a shower that is this cold because it is like painful. It's like an ice bath. And then I know that's a thing that people do, but people don't pretend that that's fun. No. But people are like, yeah, I do take cold showers. Who are you? Well, it's also like, I remember the first time our water heater shut off at my house. I like looked it up. I was like, cold showers, like what degrees? It's not like you're turning the knob all the way to cold. Yeah. Like you're like setting it kind of smack dab in the middle of the cold range. And that's probably closer to 50 something degrees. But your body still registers that as cold because that's 40 degrees below body temperature. It's not 30 degrees. Yeah. Like pools are cold. Right. Pools typically hover around 70 something degree. Like that's like how cold pools get. 70 I think is high but like it's it is like low 70s high 60s is like pool temperature yeah I cannot do this much longer (laughs) it's still cold when I get here on Sunday I thought about it's also hard to wash dishes no (gasps) no it's like I had to make dinner so I had to but like Well, hot water also just, like, takes the dish soap off better in general. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, everything, it might be just, like, a little soapy. You know? (laughs) I Everything is, like, seems clean. But, you know, you can still feel, like, there's, it's, it's like, clean, but you can still feel that there's dish soap and on stuff. Yeah. Never come out in cold water. Um, So I thought about, like, boiling water on the stove and like using that to clean dishes which i might do i might rewash everything i washed today in water that i boil hmm. like trials and tribulations I- of living in an apartment with return to give up <laughs> like, oh true 
You don't know how much you use hot water until it's gone. <laughs> That's what everyone needs to appreciate at this point in the episode. Hot water <laughs> and breathing through your nose. I was going to say number one, number two. But uh big positive that I experienced today um, about apartment life, um, my charger is caught on my chair, is that somehow my family had an extra like Brita um, thing and filter inside it, like fresh in the package, like in the, you know, like all of that. And I was going to go like, like blow some money on one tomorrow. Um, because for some reason I'm not, and I'm not a priss about tap water. I'm not. Okay. But the tap water at, in our apartment doesn't super taste good to me. And so I'm so excited to announce that we are bringing this extra Brita to school and it's going to be in our fridge. No, it is. That is very exciting. It's like, I don't know if it's all of Pennsylvania, but at least our region of Pennsylvania poor water quality yeah yes water is bad yeah water is bad so, i'm excited um welcome back to return to camp half blood can you believe that we're starting the final heroes of olympus book ah! no no <laughs> it's literally crazy it, it actually is. And I'm realizing I know nothing about this book. Like, I read this book when it came out and then never again. Whereas, I've never read it, though. I've reread the I've also book, never read it. But Oh, my God. That sounded really stuffy. And it's funny because I'm in the same place physically, like, in the same chair and all that, as I was when we started recording the first book in the first series. Ah, yes. Aw. Very exciting um this week we're discussing the blood of olympus chapters one through four through the theme of odyssey word um me <sighs> are you prepared to summer um yes that that didn't sound very confident i'm not well, you should be confident because you're starting now. Okay, so um, Jason and Piper and Annabeth are trying to sneak into Odysse- Odysseus's house, right? Yeah, okay. Um, and they're like, like they're about, there's a bunch of ghouls that have been resurrected, and uh, they are partying and like sacrificing stuff. Uh, and um, Jason's disguised as someone who I can't remember his name now, but Jason's disguised as someone to be like to infiltrate and Piper and Annabeth are like serving champagne, I guess. I don't know. Um, like hors d'oeuvres. And then Jason gets some information out of the people there about like what, uh, what's going to happen when the demigods try and cross into Greece and then they get caught. And then Jason has to fight them off. But Jason sees his mom, but not also. And Jason gets stabbed. Yeah. Those are the major plot points. Yeah. You did a lot of names because I had to start moving quick, but. I didn't think you were going to get his mom in there, but you did under the wire. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. I feel like like that's how I I tell any stories. Like, so there are a bunch of ghouls. (laughs) I just love that they use the word ghouls. Like, it makes it sound so strange. (laughs) So sassy. It feels very, um, like, Tumblr. Yes. 
And I know like ghouls are things, but it like no, but it's very normal people scare me. Yeah. So very I, like ghoul. No, it's the it's actually I know the it's it's the the way of Tumblr being like, I'm just a little ghoul. I'm just a little goblin. Yeah, I'm just yeah. a little ghoul. I also feel like some like weird Halloween YouTuber would be like, hey ghouls, like at the beginning of all of her yeah. videos. Yeah. Yes. Weird a, makeup. Like they wear a I, lot of special effects makeup. Like very and no hate to her, but I eat graveyard girl. Yes. It also feels like James Charles like doing a Halloween themed episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like this is how like a New York like mom says girls. Yeah. Girls. Sketch idea. <laughs> um what songs did we pick this week? Brayden, you go. Okay. I okay. I'm gonna explain myself. I hate Jason. Word. And yeah. he gives sometimes machine gun Kelly energy in that, like oh my god. In that he's like a pick me man. Like there are very few the pick me man is such a specific type, but somehow. Jason and Machine Gun Kelly are both pick-me's. Yeah, that no, you're right. And and so I picked I think I'm okay. Guys, <laughs> publicly shame Brayden for listening to Machine Gun Kelly. You're kind of making me rethink my choices now though. I'm I I don't know that song, but I agree with your reasoning outside of it. So. Yeah, it, it's a song with uh, with also um Travis Barker. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not proud. No. You shouldn't be. (laughs) All right. What are your choices? I was deciding between two. I don't want to give a My Chemical Romance song to Jason because he sucks. But but I'm going to. Uh, and it's it's going to be Give Him Hell Kid only because it reminds me like the, the idea of revenge that all these ghouls, as I said, were here because they have some revenge to claim specifically whatever the fuck his name is. The, the, the guy who lost the eagle, Vic... Um, Michael Vargas. Michael Vargas, thank you. Uh, this song reminds me of him, and I thought he was an interesting throw into this chapter and an interesting person to like reveal them as imposters, you know. So, so it's not for Jason. <laughs> I have, um, oh boy. Um, so my pick is. Uh, the one and only Dark Horse by Katy Perry featuring Juicy J. That was that was a, that was a dark horse of a song. It was. It, it, all right. No. Yeah. Um. Not only do I enjoy being out of left field, I also just think that the vibe fits like the beginning of like intense quest book. I think but I don't really know yet, obviously. Um, and also, neither Katy Perry nor Juicy J 
is an artist that I either in Katie's case respect and Juicy's case know enough about to like not want to give them to Jason. That's real. So yeah. I was like, where's some neutral ground that also has some character to it? And I landed on Dark Horse. It's also on my um, playlist that I just created actually um, about how uh, one of my favorite Survivor contestants was robbed. So it's a little uh, satisfaction for me just putting that energy out there. This is, I don't know why this made me think of this, but I do have to just like sidebar. Did we see Miley's announcement? <laughs> yes, I did. That she's releasing another album? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought basement. you were talking about, for a second, I thought you were talking, I was hanging out with my friend today who really likes Harry Styles. And she was saying like, have you heard the rumors that they might collab on a song? And I was like, I have not heard the rumors. Um, but apparently... They're rumors. <laughs> but, but hey. You know, <laughs> big if true. <laughs> I will keep silent on my thoughts about that because I don't need... Um, I don't have thoughts about it. I'm going to be honest. I'm so neutral. No, uh, but I was thinking the same thing. I cannot yeah. speak publicly on my opinion on Harry Styles. <laughs> I, I, I just, do they have a standum name? I don't know. I, I don't think really some people attention. refer to them as Harry's, but I don't think that that's like a widespread thing. Uncreative. <laughs> not giving much, really. I like the Harbs. Harbs. I do like. He's music. not. He doesn't make terrible music. No. No, he doesn't. I like his music. It. Mm. Yeah, his music. Yeah. I like some of his songs. I am a big fan of his um, debut album. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I can rock out to, um, I mean, this isn't on his debut, but, you know, I can get down to Canyon Moon. That The fine yeah. line is also a good album. You could get down to Canyon Moon. Shut up. <laughs> I like the song too. It's just it feels so like you. I'm like driving through Yellowstone, you know? It's like so you. I know. Right. I like Canyon Moon, but I really like Sunflower. Yeah, of course yeah, you do. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Of course, both of you do specifically. It was like one of my standouts off that one. Okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that we got real distracted there. But um, <laughs> what were our? Um, I'm gonna tweak the question a little bit because now we're getting into. Technically, I have read th this book, but I also don't really remember it at all. So we're gonna say favorite points or things that surprised you. I want to start by saying, I literally started reading this and was like, is this PDF copy I'm using wrong? Is this like a chapter? They, Rick puts us into a scenario we know nothing about. And is like, don't you get it? <laughs> no, I had no idea what they were doing. The exposition to what they're doing takes so long. I was like, why is Jason old? And why are Beth and Piper, what hill are they on? I was literally like, this is... They they push you into a scenario so fast that I was like, I think that I started chapters ahead, but the PDF says this is chapter one. They they he does an opening to this book that is so different than the rest of them. Yeah, like especially Rick is big on the like 
young adult recap the everything that happened in the last book in the first chapter um and like slow build up but we really jump off the fucking cliff <laughs> and have arguably probably the climax of Jason's arc in the first four chapters of this book out of nowhere out of nowhere I know but honestly that was one of the parts that I liked um get it out of the way first of all but also just in general like I was surprised by an actually genuinely exciting set of Jason chapters um that was fabulous. I also just want to give a little credit, not really, to Jason, because, like, this is the bars on the floor. Like, he's doing the minimum. But, like, good for him for, like, being old because I think that the Jason and the other – no, hear me out. I think that the Jason in the other books would have been, like, no, like, I'm too, like, cool and, like, hair flip and, like, you know, like, I got a little, like, swoosh in my hair and like I listen to Machine Gun Kelly, like I feel like like he wouldn't agree to be old. Like it takes oh, a certain that. amount of like biting your pride. You know what I mean? Like, and so I'm finally like, okay, like you're human. Like you agreed to do this. You agreed to look dumb in front of these people. Thank you. You know. No, I agree. It's very um I won't say so low to say that I like liked Jason in these chapters, but like if Jason, if every Jason chapter was written like this, maybe I could be convinced to like him. Yeah. (laughs) Literally us trying so hard not to be (laughs) nice, but like I did enjoy these chapters and I actually thought they were really good. Um, We'll talk about this more when we talk about the theme, but it was a really good culmination of Jason's story arc. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of weird that they happened in the first chapters of this book, but yeah. I feel like it show, shows that this book is truly like all gas, no breaks. Like there's no, I don't know. I think it set up, I think it set it up to show that this book is actually going to conclude everything because the last book felt also kind of like a a weird conclusion like obviously the prophecy hasn't happened yet but like like once there are characters in Tartarus like how much farther can you go and maybe opening like this was like oh no there's still more to like talk about you know mm-hmm. to like show that um but yeah not my sniff I hate this <laughs> Guys, I'm so sorry for the sniff. I just can't breathe. (laughs) Ava typing sniff in our Zoom chat. I'm sorry. One up. I was also just like, not stunned, but like, uh, the the what Annabeth and Piper are in doing in this chapter i don't know i'm having trouble phrasing this um he's becoming real adult this whole set was real adult like that and jason's stab wound which i'm sure we'll talk about a lot later but like that shit goes through his body they describe that like the sword tip was out his chest like he was gone 
So we've really just jumped into a whole new set of ratings in the first four chapters. It's like jumping the shark is like a negative term. So I don't even know if that's the right word. But it they they jumped the shark in like a good way. <laughs> like we we are we've gone way beyond where we were. And I think we're better off for it. Yeah. But also I don't really remember what happens in the rest of this book, so we shall see. I, I liked uh, Piper specifically during the battle scene had one of the funniest roles, just like using her charm speak to be like, save yourself. I am so dangerous. And like throwing what I think were tomatoes out of her cornucopia. Iconic. That's so funny. I was like, she's killing it. She's not really doing much, but she is eating it up. <laughs> That's what I, I love. Like, someone who's, like, not actually, in, you know, in reality, concretely doing a ton, but is absolutely eating up what they are doing. I also liked the the beginning of these chapters. Go Right off the bat, Jason being like, yeah, my girlfriend, she has a machine gun, and she dual wields knives, and she has a sword, and... Um, I was like, they, he was listing that off, and I was trying to think logistically about how she's possibly carrying that many weapons. Like, is- <laughs> <laughs> and in that same thing, she's he's like, and she's really pretty, <laughs> like all in the same paragraph. Though I was the, at the beginning of these chapters, I was like, maybe you finally sold me on their relationship, and then the end of these chapters took it too far how so when they're like talking about but i remember when i was throwing s'mores at you i was like okay this Uh, that was bad that was it did make me gag that was really bad because there were sweet moments in the beginning of like like him thinking about like how annabeth was really like panicking and Piper wasn't because he was like, Annabeth can afford to panic. But Piper is like, I cannot afford like, like is like brought into a more serious mode to take care of him, you know, and is like not afraid just because she like can't imagine losing him. I was like, oh, that's sweet. And then she's like, campfire memories. And it's like, oh, this just got so much worse. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is. This is just you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, should we take a break and then come back to discuss our theme? Sure. Sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
I can't. All right. Odyssey. Let me explain the selection of theme before before we jump into it. Okay. Um, nature, like I obviously Odyssey is a, a reference to um, the, the Odyssey, and this these chapters are about Odysseus, but the an Odyssey as a concept is about coming home. It is the journey to towards home. And that is why I picked that for these chapters also because I was trying to think of themes of home and journeys and how we're going into the, um, this is the beginning of the last book. They're coming to their ancestral home of Greece. Um, but also Jason is, uh, having to deal with mommy issues. So I, I, that is, that is how I landed on Odyssey. So so where did we see that throughout the chapters? I'm sorry, I was recovering from <laughs> and Jason's having to deal with mommy issues. Well, I feel like this chap these chapters multiple times mention like Camp Half-Blood, like what's happening there with Camp Jupiter and Camp Half-Blood and the fight that's about to go down is those places I feel represent more physical concrete homes that for those for these seven than like anything else does um so like and like thinking about nico and reyna like and coach hedge trying to get the like you know try to make this dangerous journey and not get caught uh by anything i think that that was an interesting play in for like trying to figure out trying to protect a home that's so far away in their like well like you said like ancestral home um, and not being a, like, I feel like that's like such a crazy like element to this whole series is that they spend like most of it away from the place they're trying to protect the whole time. And it always like comes in at moments where it's like, what could be the saddest thing they could say right now? And then they mentioned something about Camp Half-Blood or Camp Chupin and you're like, oh, <laughs> that just really amplified the moment. Yeah. It It is the, the tension that is in these chapters between, like you're saying, between home and the ancestral home, that it is kind of the driving force between this whole series is like having to journey to the root of their ancestral problems while dealing with the problems that are in their present day. Um, it has a weird theme of like inherited trauma where like Gia is the matriarch of a basically a giant family and they're all the children of this family and they're dealing with family issues which is weird because they're dating and they're related and all the genetics we're not going to get into genetics discourse um, <laughs> but it is that in this ancestral history of infighting in this family and civil war that is manifesting at the same time as this Greek and Roman civil war, it's like such an inherited trauma. Yeah. And it's more tied together and thematic than I think I've been giving it credit for. Mm. Well, and that's something that I feel like you can only like, realize in an embodied way through a very modern adaptation um, with like very colloquial language, because like, I don't know, I, like there's, 
you can care about, for example, like you can care about the Trojan War in a historical way and in like a personal way in the sense of like you can sympathize for like what the people went through. But I think it's, I I haven't like, I don't know that that does make me kind of make the connection that like, it's not just like this metaphorical ancestry, like, but for them, it's like this very physical and literal ancestry that does kind of physically and mentally like affect them. Like the things we studied physically and mentally affect them generationally, which like, I don't know, that just made it hit in a different way. Like pinning it as generational trauma, which it honestly kind of is, but that, that just, I just, I kind of commend Rick for executing that concept because it just like, I don't know. That hit me hard with the whole kind of like, that's another way to perpetuate the message of like, these stories are important and can be connected to so deeply, you know, even in modern time. I mean, yeah. If you think about it in a way that like relates back to us, all um, Greek history is very generational for Western society in that like the Greek and Roman empire, well, the Greek was an empire, but ancient Greek society and the Roman empire um, are like the foundational force behind a lot of the structures that are in place to this day. I mean, especially like, I mean, Greek democracy is the reason we still don't have a real democracy in America. Cause we are like Greek democracy, but Greek democracy didn't really exist. It was still an oligarchy because it was only land owning free men that could vote. Um, and Surprise, surprise, that is exactly what we took with us. Um, and then Roman society, the inheritance of like the Roman Catholic Church um, and everything that that has done for all of us forever. Um, like Rome got in up, up in everybody's business. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm writing one of my, um, for my history minor, I'm writing like my like final minor paper basically on this, like on the influence of classical rhetoric and like the American revolution, um, among women specifically, but like, it is so crazy how like we took the Roman Republic and we were like, ah, perfect. And just like transplanted it onto revolutionary society. Like, so many people of that time, most of them were, were white. Um, but so many people who were like given historical voice in the revolutionary war, um, in like mainstream society would reference classical text constantly as like the things to do and like the blueprints. So it is pretty direct. So yeah, I totally agree with that. It's I'm also just like fascinated about why Greek and Roman history is the um, foundation of our society. Because like you were saying, it's a lot of reference to classical text is how we get here. Cause it's not, especially like ancient Greek history, Rome has much more of a direct influence in that 
Rome came everywhere and did everything like across all of Europe and a lot of Asia. Like Rome, Rome really expand and the uh, Northern Africa. R- Rome was everywhere, um, but Greece was a powerful, like ancient power, but it was much more insular. It was um, created around the polis. So when we say Greece, we are really only talking about Athens. We don't mean like everywhere in Greece. Um, we're talking about the structure of Athens very specifically and a little bit Sparta. Um, but basically in like the Renaissance period, everyone was like classical stuff that's great we're gonna go back and like think about classical texts and we're gonna worship these ancient texts um and that is continued to today where like greek philosophy is still a foundation of a lot of both philosophy and political science today but because we just decided that it was like this is the cool thing to like it's that classical um influences are given academic merit because they could and because the catholic church was into them because the roman catholic church was based out of that mediterranean area that is why a lot of the stuff stuff in while still in uh the western european culture a lot of that still comes from roman greece and not um like Gaelic or um, Nordic areas or Germanic areas, because those weren't Catholic. And we wiped out um, everything that was a pagan religion or uh, twirled it into um, Catholicism. Yeah. And that's why I'm like, oh, history, baby, we're so close. You, You just missed the mark because I so get the emphasis and like focus on classical text. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Like, I think that Roman and Greek text, among other classical texts that are not in the mainstream, because lest we not forget that this is still a racist society. Um, but like, I do think that Greek and Roman classical text should still be taught and revered, not as like the blueprints though. Like, I don't think they should be seen as like the examples of like, this is the shit we should be doing. I think it's literally, it should be an example of like how humans have the capability to connect with one another over like extended periods of time. And like the fact that like human behavior on its baseline has never changed. So like the things you can learn about your own behavior from your like metaphorical ancestors way back when in fucking Crete, you know, like it's crazy, but that doesn't mean that Aristotle wasn't a jackass. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean that like Plato was right about everything. It just means that like people were having thoughts like we do back then. And so looking to those texts can tell us a lot more about us now. And it could tell us even more um, if there wasn't that really weird power dynamic in academia about classics. Cause like, why are they gatekept? They're literally just stories about people being 
dumb and like doing shit that we do every day. Like that, that amazes me. I don't know, but I tying it back to Percy Jackson, like that's why I give such props to Rick for like bringing in the generational trauma aspect, because that is a personal thing that like humans now can understand about humans then. And so it brings in that like classical personal relevance that I love. Slow. End of play. (laughs) (laughs) I also find it interesting tying it like the generational trauma tying into. How do I word this? Okay. So I think that a theme in these chapters specifically is like getting what you're owed. Like all these people are there to, because they feel they've been wronged. And most of them like have (laughs) like, uh, And, like, that's, like, a theme that goes back all the way, all the way back to, like, the overarching theme of Percy Jackson and the Olympians was, like, like, the demigods felt they were owed and, like, they had been wronged and, like, they were not treated correctly. So they rose up against the gods. And now it's, like, that, that uprising, while it didn't work, like, awakened all these other people to be, like, no, I'm actually owed something by the gods, too, you know? And I thought that was a very interesting, like, way to talk about generational trauma of, like, it's not just those who are directly in the family. It's, like, everyone else that you've heard along the way. Uh, Coming back to bite you in the ass, metaphorically, uh, and Jason's mom being, like, uh, was Jason's mom really there? Like, not really. Uh, never answered but like maybe she was there maybe she wasn't but like she served as like a way for jason to turn to this side of like no actually like i am owed something by these people they did or the by the gods and they did wrong me and they took like they traumatized me in a way that i should fight against them and that's like very old series themes which i thought was interesting yeah it's all the stuff with with the mom and like part of that too is she's also talia's mom so like it literally is a direct tie-in to the the first series um the stuff with the mom and then the stuff that juno says later about zeus really compelling to me included with the way this chapter begins which is the destruction of a statue of zeus yeah it's something that we've kind of stepped away from that was the villainousness of Zeus in the the first series has kind of been straight away from. Um, but the hammering that home here, the choice of Jason in these chapters kind of to step away from his father because he he's like, I my mother's gone. There's nothing I can do to save her. Yeah. But he also kind of abandons his father in this, in a less textual way, but in a way that I I felt came out of the text, um, especially with, it's that realizing, there's something about realizing not to idolize your parents and not to idolize your ancestors in these chapters. It's very much like respect and know where you come from. And Jason is able to learn a little bit more about what he comes from but that doesn't mean you have to 
revere or um, accept that. And like, that is something that we really have to reckon with in this day and age um, is that there's no way that one of your ancestors didn't do something bad. And that doesn't mean, and it, it's important to know this stuff. Like, especially like as a, as a white person in America, the generational inheritance of the trauma that your ancestors afflicted on other people is something that we do have to reckon with much in the way that like these demigods have to reckon with, with the, the trauma caused by their ancestors, whether those are Greek gods and immortal beings, but that doesn't mean that we don't have generational history that isn't as harmful. <laughs> any more thoughts no these were good chapters strong opening yeah I'm i've never read this book so i was like oh this is this life i know i love when a book just starts zooming you know literally captivating for the first second because i was like what is going on oh yeah <laughs> I need to keep reading to try and figure out what is happening yeah i simply was like i don't know what i forgot at the end of house of hades but i definitely forgot something but then i was like oh no i guess i maybe <laughs> sass moments sure my uh, sass moment is sniff sniff yep. um Uh, mine is, I don't know what page this is on because I just screenshotted it for the PDF, but it's, he got to pose and sided with the Persians to attack his own countrymen. No morals whatsoever. He'd do anything for power. Thank you, called Hippias. <laughs> I was like, wow. They really said, these are, this is a group of terrible people. How can we really relay on that? How can we really go in on that? Yeah. Um, mine is, uh, explaining would take too long, Juno said. I must flee before Jupiter finds me. Once I leave, I will not be able to help you again. Jason bit back a retort. When did you help me the first time? <laughs> I like that one too. I was like, hmm, you get this one, Jason. <laughs> Mine is in a very, it's like on the page before. Um, it's when Juno's like, Odysseus and Penelope, the epitome of a perfect marriage. Even in his day's state, Jason was pretty sure he remembered stories about Odysseus falling for other women during his travels, but he decided not to bring that up. Yeah. Because ain't that the truth? Odysseus was a dick a little bit. He, okay, that's a whole other thing. But he, like, a lot of people love to frame him as, like, the nice guy during the Trojan War. And I'm like, were any of them really nice guys? No, no, no absolutely no, not. they weren't. Oh my god, <sighs> um, offerings. Well, I'm not gonna vote off Jason, but, but I was like, listen, I want to give it to Piper, but Jason literally got stabbed. <laughs> Like, I feel like someone 
He literally got stabbed I'll, through the I'll, whole here, chest. I'll, I'll, I'll take I'll take the stabbing. I'll give the offering for Jason. Wow. Oh, all right. Then I'll give mine to Piper. The one and only oh. her offering for Jason, but he he, he got stabbed real bad. And honestly, <laughs> I know he's definitely not going to die because there's more chair, chapters narrated by him. But that ending, I was like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> I, I really said that would have been an incredible death. Like in it would, and it would be an incredible start to this book. I was gonna say it would set Piper and Annabeth up for a really oh, cool arc. Crazy cr- Piper specifically would have a crazy arc if, in this book if he died, but he has more narrated chapters, so I know that he's not dead. But it really seemed like it. It's the storm or fire thing. Like he, there, you yeah, know, he. We need him to make it to the end. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I don't know. I'm giving... Uh, like, I feel like Annabeth deserves one, but when else am I going to get the chance to give one to Penelope? Yeah. Yeah. I love her. She got left. <laughs> she she I love... No, I love... I have such a soft spot for my little classical heroines. I... I'm sitting here with the Florence Pugh frown on my face right now. <laughs> oh, there is a huge tragedy. and be- It's like the military wife thing. Yeah. It is. It's sad. Oh, and with the baby, I'm not even going to do this right now. <laughs> yeah. um, I can't. Who, who are we voting off? So I'm going to do Zeus. Mm-hmm. But I'll let you know that Hera slash Juno was about this close. And the only reason is, what the hell are God's powers? And why could she not go in there and heal Jason? Like, that was just so fucking annoying to me. Not that I even want Jason to be healed, but, like, that was so irritating. Like, Piper was like, hey, can you heal him? He's been fatally stabbed. And she was like, no. (laughs) Some things, she literally said, like, heal yourself. I was like, what? (laughs) Like, what are God's powers? That doesn't make any sense. Um... I do but, think she would have gotten in crazy trouble, though, with the higher powers if she had healed a demigod. Yes, and that's why Zeus is getting it. But I was still angry. Um, I'm going to vote off Jason's mom. And I have conflicting feelings about this because... No, it's valid. I do believe that Zeus did a number on her. But she also was an incredibly abusive mother. Um, and she did abandon her child in the woods to be eaten by wolves and i don't think that can go unchecked yeah um, it, it is it is the it was the moment i don't i don't think she's written very well i don't really like the way rick writes her i'm gonna be honest uh the mania stuff is a little sexist and i the Women and going crazy is a whole like people have people smarter than me have written many essays on it. Um, listen to the Monstrous Woman podcast, uh, because Megan and Quinn, uh, are saying real smart stuff <laughs> about that on that podcast. Um, so I don't like the way Rick writes her, but I also can't let um child abuse. <laughs> 
go unchecked. So fair, very fair. Mine is, ugh. it's not as legit, not nearly as legit as either of those, but so I'm like pre-celebrating the next chapters as they are Raina's first POV chapters. But I just know that Octavian is going to annoy the shit out of her somehow, somehow, because he always manages to, even though they're, they're not going to be in the same location. I feel like he's going to find a way. So Octavian, cause he's there somewhere. And should he be? Word. Yeah. Um, all right, folks, that is all for this week. Join us next week where we'll be discussing chapters five through eight through the theme of leadership. Make sure to follow us on social media. We are at Return to Camp on every platform that matters. And we also have a coffee account and a Redbubble store and a website, www.returntocamp.com. Stay snippy. Oh my god. <laughs> One last sniff. One last sniff.